This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really? Coming up for episode 139, what do we miss from the extended universe? 25 years of extreme close-ups and you didn't roll! Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. This is I Remembered It Better, a podcast experiment in geek nostalgia. Come on, bark like a dog for me. Ooh, I done a bad thing. We're on a mission from God. This is my boomstick. Kiss my coppers. This was extraordinarily bad. Exterminate! I got a bad feeling about this. Now, here are your hosts. Oh, no. Not again. Welcome to I Remembered It Better, the show that takes a look back and asks, was it as good as we thought it was? Coming to you from Dayton, Ohio, where, yes, I'm sick again. I'm Cliff Addicts, also known as Redman Geek, and I'm joined with my analytical look back. Bye from Atlanta, Georgia, where it's time for the internet to resume its original purpose, talking smack about Tom Brady, Ryan Allgood. Yes, I'm, I, I've grown, grown weary of politics, believe it or not. Um... On, on all sides. I just, I, uh, just, can we just hate Tom Brady now? I think that if there's anything that can unify us as a people, I think that's pretty much near the top. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of things about, like, the pie charts that, like, people who are voting, who people who are rooting for the Atlanta Falcons, people who are rooting against the New England Patriots. <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I was reading an article from the Boston Globe that was, like, just this really... Just this very Bostonian article. Uh, and it was just, you know, like, ah, it's hard to get excited about a Super Bowl against the Falcons because, you know, it's the Falcons. And, and we're, and it's just like, usually when, during, in the Super Bowl, we're playing someone else. And it's just like, you know, you know what? Fuck you, Patriots. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just, they went on about how, like, well, Atlanta's not really a sports town. Like, they've sold off two hockey teams. They've gone through, like, two major stadiums, you know, and, and, you know, they, they, uh, they grow. I think the article said, like, they grow good athletes, but that's about it. I'm just like, oh, oh wow. All right. Well, you know, go back to unloading salt from your bodges, you know, and, <laughs> and, and shit. Oh, God. I just, you can't even figure out what you want to hate about Boston right now. I hate so much about Boston, to be honest with you. But um, and I've I've never been there, so that's clearly fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I just, eh, the Patriots, man. I cannot help but think back to um, the year of too legit to quit. Mm. When Hammer was pushing really hard for the Atlanta Falcons, oh, when he yeah, was yeah. in the he was in their uh, in right. their uh, in their locker room, and I remember that it was yeah you know, they didn't make it to they make it to the Super Bowl or they make it just to Mm-mm. the playoffs and got eliminated. No, they made made it to the playoffs. The playoffs, and I remember that the playoffs they had lost. They had lost the playoffs, mm. and they're the cameras going through the locker room, and there's Hammer trying to cheer them all up. And one of the guys has a radio on, and Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down is on. And he's like, that's right. We won't back down. We won't back. I'm like, dude, they're out. Yeah, they're out of the it. playoffs. There, I don't there think is you know no, how the playoffs work, Hammer. They can, they can stand up all they want and not back down. They're not going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with whether or not they will back down or not. They lost. They are not going to the Super Bowl. So good luck to you this Sunday. Yeah, I, I hope yeah. it goes well. Well, and, and the, what sucks is – 
I I have a uh, it's time for my annual uh trip to London. Mm-hmm. And I didn't pay very close attention to the dates when I scheduled it. So my flight takes off, you know, roughly around Super Bowl kickoff time. So Wow. Uh, yeah. That's going to be weird to be in the air while that's going like the most watched sporting event in the world. Yeah. Well, I've got going to be in the air. I've got my DVR set up so that I could view remotely on my iPad. Uh, okay. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it in real time if, you know, and that sort of thing, or if I have to wait for it to be downloaded, then I can watch it. Uh, but, uh, I spend, uh, I spend my first day, uh, in Heathrow and I've, I've already spoken with the manager there and he's assured me there will be a total media blackout, uh, in the office on all Super Bowl related okay. acti- discussion and stuff. And we just, we won't speak of it until I've had a chance to watch. So, uh. Uh, Hello, Governor. How about them Falcons? Yeah, <laughs> you had every word of that just fine until you got to Falcons, and then you turned yeah, into I, Dick Van Dyke. But uh, <laughs> Mary Poppins, like that's that's none of the accents. Go Falcons. <laughs> Go. I don't know how how do you say Falcons? Uh, I don't know. Well, now I'm now you're getting into, really Midwestern. Yeah, like no, that. Well, that or I'm or I'm becoming um, uh, Johnny Depp from the Alice in Wonderland movies because we were watching those. Oh, earlier, okay. So. Yeah, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, Monday I'll just uh, Monday evening I'll I'll just have my own little probably end up having my own little Super Bowl party in my in my hotel room. So just uh, having a me party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, an American football Super Bowl. American football, American football Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Okay, all right. Super Bowl okay. Party. But um, but uh, yeah. So that's I mean that's on me for poor planning. But uh, uh, if I'm lucky, I mean. Club uh, British Airways Club World is a great way to travel. I mean, I might actually be able to watch watch some of it from from mm. there. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes down. But uh, yeah, yeah. So as the Falcons are rising up, I will also be rising up uh, to a cruising altitude of thirty thousand feet. Okay, all right. And just and just enjoying the enjoying the long flight. Yes, so, as yeah, best you yeah. can. As best you can. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get on to what the show is all about. Not about travel, though we, we, we do enjoy sharing our stories and that. It's about the geeks. It's about the fanboys and the fangirls. Call us what you want. We all have the things we love and obsess over. We often hold a special place for the things of our childhood. Webster's Dictionary defines nostalgia as a wistful or excessively sentimental yearning for a return to or of some past period or irrecoverable condition. So how many of the things that we have geeked out to in the past and may still to this day are really as awesome as we remember, and how many of them have we overhyped in our memory to the point that a second look will have us saying, why did we like this? So, Ryan, uh, it's a shorter amount of time than the last time we caught it, but what geeky goodness have you been into? Um, Let's see. I've... Uh... I've been doing uh, quite a bit of Star Wars reading, uh, okay. of new stuff. Now that they've, uh, you know, a, a decent amount of of new books have come out for this for the new expanded universe. It's time for me to start all over and uh, get caught up with that stuff. So, um, uh, finished reading. Uh, There's like a little, like a short kind of Princess Leia adventure that my daughter and I read together, called Moving Target, um, which kind of takes place. Uh, it opens. Um, when does it open? Uh, but, but, but I think it opens like a, a right around the time of episode seven with Leia, like dictating her memoirs to this, uh, to this droid and, mm, and, rem- okay. and remembering this time <clears throat> that takes place between, um, uh, the end of Empire Strikes Back and the beginning of Jedi. Okay. So, um, 
uh, it's and it's it's a cool little book about how uh, she and a, a small band of uh, of rebels. Uh, everything they do seems like a small band of rebels. Doesn't small, it? Yeah. Well, you, it's always you, a small band. You gotta go small band. Small band of rebels gets the job. Done. I mean, we saw most of those meetings. There wasn't a large band of rebels when you got them all together, really. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, her and a small band of rebels go to, uh, basically sow disinformation about, uh, the rebel fleet gathering somewhere other than Solist before the attack on the, uh, the second Death Star. So it's kind of, kind of how they lure, uh, Imperial forces, you know, to the other, or other side of the galaxy or whatever. So, um, there's, it was a cool little read. And, she and I read that, and then uh, for Christmas she had she put on her uh, her wish list the the Ahsoka novel, um, and it's you know it's it's no joke novel. So uh, we're sitting down and we're reading that together now. So um, that's you know the the adventures of Ahsoka after you know Clone Clone Wars, and she leaves the Jedi Order, and I'm assuming leads into her her introduction back into the Rebels show. So um, cool stuff. Okay. Uh, and then I just finished reading, uh, Dark Disciple, which is the Quinlan Voss Massage Ventress adventure. Um, it's, uh, a cool, cool book. Uh, it's based on some episodes, uh, for Clone Wars that were written but never aired. So they took those episodes and put them into a cool little novel. It's, uh, basically the, the, the Jedi have decided they, or the Jedi Council has decided, um, that we have to assassinate Count Dooku. Uh, a decidedly mm. un-Jedi thing for them to do. But, yeah. uh, and then, uh, cause the, I guess the original storyline for Quinlan Voss, which was mostly in, uh, Dark Horse comics, um, you know, he had an amnesia episode, he fell to the dark side, like he had this really, really cool story. Um, and they, they borrow a little bit from that, um, when they're writing this story, but it, it all has, you know, different outcomes and that sort of thing, so. Uh, so yeah, that so so that was cool stuff, and then uh, just finally got caught up on uh, on the Walking Dead. It was Ooh, the, okay. Uh, We're one episode behind you then, because we've still got one that we need to watch. Yeah, I need to. Fin- I'm halfway through that episode, but this is uh, normally I'm a season behind on that. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is the most caught up I've ever been with that show, um, and it's it's cool. I just I really like the Negan storyline in the comic book, and I'm enjoying the adaptation to television for it. So it's, uh, it's been kind of fun to watch. So let me ask a question. Did yeah. you get that daggum song, easy street stuck in your head? For oh three man. Days? I made it my ringtone. I thought about making <laughs> it my ringtone. I really did. Uh, Just to see who in the world knew. Like, we're on easy street. No, that song was brutal, man. Like you, you could really feel uh, Daryl's pain in that situation yeah. because they. I mean, obviously they played it for him inside the storyline yeah. a lot more than we heard it. But just as much as we heard it uh, in that episode, I mean, I, I was I was ready to start slamming my head against a center block wall. So yeah, I can only imagine what the character Daryl was feeling. Just the ways that they messed with him with music, you know, in general, was yeah. just like, oh wow, that's a that's a. That's I was a- actually reading a pretty interesting <laughs> article of the the uh, the playlist that they use at uh, Guantanamo Bay uh, uh-huh. to to play, and there's there's some songs on there that you're like, yeah, yeah, that's uh, 
that's pretty terrible. Uh, that would do it. That would do it. Um, so I, I I can't remember any off the top of my head, but I'll have to I'll have to look back into that. But um, and then uh, you know, today the, the governor de- declared today Falcons Friday here in Georgia, oh. and had encouraged all state employees. That's a really brave political move of them to do. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. In this current uh, climate, that's a pretty brave bold. Well, move. it was you know it was about stepping out for what you believe, and uh, yeah, and that's what he did. Um, yeah. fortunately Martha. he he had pretty much the entire state behind him. Uh, yeah. Except for this kid I saw today at Chili's wearing Patriot stuff that I I just wanted I just wanted to lay him out, but mm. he was like eight, so that didn't seem yeah fair. Can't do that, um, shouldn't do that. But uh, but no, so uh, so apparently uh, I I don't know how this happened. We have like one Falcons shirt in the house, and Christine took it, uh, and it's mine, mm. and she took it so that she could wear Falcon stuff to school. Which left me without any Falcons gear. I mean, I had my hat, so I wore my hat. But the closest thing I had to a Falcon shirt to wear today was my Red Hood T-shirt. Uh, uh, which I, it's red, it's black, it features a flying critter. So that's uh, that's the it's best good. I could do. Sometimes so you gotta do that and call it good. Yeah, you gotta I mean, do what you can, call it good. I got as close as I could to the mark. So um, you know, eh, mm. what are you gonna do? But uh, that's that's about it for me, though. All right. Clifford. Uh, for me, uh, still been playing Heroes. I'm quickly discovering that all of the great stuff about playing a group game effort with teamwork is all of the horrible stuff of playing a group game effort <laughs> with teamwork. Um, you know, it only takes one person for it all to go right in the toilet and negative attitudes and that type of thing. And just. I, I do myself to I do what I can to remind myself. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game. But oh, you know, it's you know when you see when you're watching a movie and you see someone do something stupid, like that's the one that's going to die right there. That's the one that's going to die, like in a horror movie. That's the one that's going to die. Mm. And there's a certain point where you reach a critical mass in the game where you're we're, we're all level twenty, and if someone dies, they're going to be dead for a minute. And it always seems at that point, that's when one guy, the squishiest, is like, I'm just going to go over here by myself and try to do this thing real quick. And I'm like, that's the one that's going to die right there. <laughs> He's going to die, and this is all going to fall apart. He's like, I'll be and right back, guys. Right back. And, you're, and we're all like, no, don't do it. It's like, no, really, it's okay. No, don't do it. No, really, he just wants his machete back. No, don't. No, do not do that. And then they die. I'm so, I'm sorry, guys. They surprised me. No, you walked where we. Um, it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating when you lose because of that. Yeah. Um, I, I I make plenty of mistakes. I will own I make plenty of mistakes, but I don't make that type of mistake. <laughs> um, been playing Star Wars: Galaxy of Heroes. Still playing that. Mm. Um, had an I, I had a a great achievement. I thought it was a great achievement. Emily went meh. Um, <laughs> there are raids in. The game, okay. Um, one where you fight uh, the Gamorrean guards, and then you fight the Rancor um, in, from Jabba's palace. Sure, and your whole guild works together to contribute to it. And uh, we're on heroic seven, which is the highest level you can play it at. My guild is. We're also fighting another raid, but that's still <clears throat> that, that raid is still a bit of a challenge. I managed with my team to beat an entire phase. A quarter of the raid all by myself. Wow! This past week for two million points of damage. Okay, and it was it was all about having the right players, rightly geared, um, uh, in a way that they work together. There are two characters that will 
try to keep the opponent from be, the opponent from being able to hit back mm. and they all landed in just the right way and I'm like I beat this honey I beat the face all by myself she's like oh yeah right no don't you understand <laughs> this is, oh be okay. be more impressed with this be more this is a big deal validate me please <laughs> um but my guild has also moved on to the next raid which in that one I get killed uh it's it's a lot harder but mm. I'm, I'm getting there I'm working toward gearing up um, I've been playing the Force Arena, which is like the kind of little mini MOBA yeah, uh, Star yeah. Wars game, and having some fun with that. And um, and the Pokemon is going on around here. Okay. Um, uh, Madeline uh, had her birthday party since last time we were here, mm. um, and she had a Elena of Avalor party. Ooh. But the next day there was a Ethnic. kid at school who had, who had their own party, and it was a Pokemon party. Oh, cool. So we had to go shopping for Pokemon for him. Um, and the Sun and Moon, which is the newest expansion, their theme decks had just come out. So we got him one, and Madeline had to have one for herself. Oh, yeah. So we will encourage that. So Madeline got her own theme deck. But it was very cool at the party. Like, everyone else was getting him other stuff, but no one had gotten the newest stuff yet, but we did. And Madeline was like the superstar. Uh-huh. Where did you find this? <laughs> and like, that's right. Yes. That's right. We, we, that's yeah, we, right. we ended us. up picking up uh, a couple decks and, and playing here. So, um, oh, which which ones did you get? Uh, that one that we had here, the Keldeo Rayquaza thing? No, we got the, the Pikachu deck. Okay, a trading deck. Like, okay. and, yeah, yeah, and the, and the Mewtwo deck. Okay. That's yeah. cool. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's fun stuff. It's a great little way to get started. Great yeah, it's just started. it's it's fun to do. But I mean, Emma and I, I mean, we still play like Star Wars miniatures and and yeah. that stuff too. So I mean, it's just yeah. just fun little games to nerd well, out. There's one other new game I stumbled onto this week. There's okay, an article on the Nerdist about it. Pokemon Duel. Okay. Um, it's like taking chess and Pokemon and shoving them together. You have figurines that you get on a virtual board. It's it's a mobile game. Mm-hmm. And it's a virtual board with little paths. Oh, sorry. And pieces, if you surround pieces, you capture them, or you can have them fight and they spin randomly for amounts of damage. Oh, wow. Um, but it is a neat little game. Cool. And it has sucked me in pretty well. And as you as you beat other people, you get boxes that will unlock a certain amount of time to get you new figures. Uh, it's, but it's, it's, it's an interesting little strategy game and I'm cool. having a lot of fun with it. I've made my way up to about 1700 in league and, uh, just kind of having fun with it and getting to know it better and got a decent amount of, uh, of, uh, of powerful Pokemon in it. And it's worth a look. It's worth a look. That's what we've been up to. Let's see what's been going on in the news. Stand by for news. news and the big no news of the day is... No good news! This is Les Nesman saying, may the good news be yours. In the news. Yeah, we'll do it live! Well, this first one isn't a straight-up news story per se. Uh, it was an article I stumbled onto on Reddit this week in their Ask Reddit section, and people were having a discussion that I thought would be fun for you and I to crack open, Ryan. Okay. Uh, they were discussing, in lieu of Walt Disney World basically wiping out the old Star Wars extended universe, you know, to recreate a new canon right. that allowed for the new movies and the new novels that are being written. And the question was, what part of the extended universe do you consider the greatest loss? 
So of the old novels that are no longer... Now, granted, we still get to enjoy them. Yeah. We still get to read them. Well, and, but as and far we know as, so far that Disney has brought uh, stuff from the Expanded Universe back. Yes. You know, Admiral yes. Thrawn is, mm-hmm. uh, has been introduced through through the Rebels show. And, and so... Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I would say the, f- the first thing that comes to mind is, is uh, Mara Jade. I think, uh, mm. like, uh, I think Mary Jade was just an amazing character. Um, eh, maybe not so much when, when she became like stay at home mom, Mary Jade. And that's, <laughs> and that's nothing against stay at home moms. They're awesome. But, uh, it was just her, her original character of like this kind of, uh, ex imperial, ex dark side user, um, or dark side force, force user, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the, and the conflict that came with that is she was trying to figure out what her role was going to be in this new galaxy and, and stuff. Uh, I mean, she, she was just a really cool character, though. I mean, the Talon card smuggling, I mean, all, all the, uh, well, all the heir to the empire stuff with her and, and all that stuff. So I, I would say, I would say Mara Jade. Um, I also, I also really miss like the shadows of the empire stuff. Mm, that's one that a lot of people lifted up. Yeah. That little, that little piece that was right there. So yeah, I, I would agree. That was that's one that I haven't read. I haven't read a lot of these in a long time, but uh, that one stands out for me. Another thing that and it wasn't an amazing book, mm. but I really liked the Truce at Bakura book. Okay, because we <clears throat> we we saw two things. We saw an incredibly beaten up Luke Skywalker had to pull himself together one more time. Right. You know, fresh off, fresh off taking how many thousand volts of, of force lightning, mm-hmm. fresh off of, you know, burning, having to, you know, fight and, and then bury his father mm-hmm. and then having to just go right into battle and just like barely holding it together. And, yeah. <laughs> and also dealing with the reality of, Oh damn, Leia's my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they actually address that. Address that conflict he had about how he had that longing and those feelings and now he knows they're wrong and what does he do with that now? And it was kind of a weird place for a novel to go, but they went there. Maybe it's not such a bad thing to do. To do exactly like to address that. it because yeah. it takes place right after literally right after Return of the Jedi. Oh man. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure, according to the new, the new timeline, uh, timeline, at least what I've gotten uh, from the aftermath books, uh, like uh, the the little yub yub festivities is is where uh, Han and Han and Leia marry and conceive Ben. Um, oh, yeah, like they talk ha- about yub nub. Yeah, they have like a little a little ceremony there amongst the severed heads of the stormtroopers, um, <laughs> like you do, like you do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, um, so yeah, so tie in truce at backer and, and, you know, you're dealing with these, these feelings that you had for your sister, uh, mm-hmm. who was pregnant with your, your buddy's kid. Um, yeah, that's, that's, you got some thinking to do there. Mm-hmm. Might need mm-hmm. a little alone time. Yeah. So. I, I think there's also a loss in that Ben, is, Ben, you know, solo is an only child. As far as we know. As far as, far as we know. As far as, as, far we, as know. we know. It's an only job. Yeah. But uh, how, you know, the Jason, Jaina, Anakin dynamic 
that was addressed in a number of the books and them yeah. discovering their force powers and all that. Yeah, I I I mean I remember really enjoying the Young Jedi series um mm-hmm. and uh and reading that stuff. I also remember being incredibly anxious with those like those early years of when Leia was pregnant with the twins and on the run from the empire or when they were infants and and you know cuz that's a really tough thing. I mean it's hard enough you know, escaping the empire, getting out of these dodgy situations. But I mean, like, I have a hard time just getting my kids through the grocery store sometimes. Like, I can't imagine trying to, trying to, you know, smuggle them past you know, Imperial Star Destroyers. You know, mm. uh, I'm talking about the bulk cruisers here, mind you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, so I, I just remember that being, ex- but it, it just got to the, I mean, I was actually thinking about this today. Uh, like all the stuff that we did lose, like man, there's all this great stuff. But then it just—I I feel like when I look back, there seems like it, maybe it was like the Yuuzhan Vong invasion or whatever. But this just felt like this point when Star Wars expanded universe just jumped the shark. You know, they just mm. loaded Fonzie up and they just went right over. And uh, I mean, and we've we talked about this before, but I think this was the only way for Disney to do it was just to wipe the slate clean. Um, because then it frees them up to not have to worry about, ah, oh, well, no, actually this is this and that's that. And we can't be in the movie now, but, yeah. uh, you know, and it, you know, aside from all the merchandising and, and now they can release their own set of books and all that stuff. But, uh, um, you know, we go into the movies too, like not knowing what's happened and that sort of thing. So we're, we're kind of, I mean, we remember when we heard, uh, you know, when all we had about the prequels was uh, Obi-Wan talking about, uh, you know, the Clone Wars. And, and mm-hmm. that was it, you know. And then and then we got to see all that stuff. So we're, we're kind of getting that again now where we, we're going to find out everything that happened over the last 30 years and and uh, all that good stuff. So, yeah, there's other things that I. You know, and and they could still they can still, you know, bring some of these things up. Um, I want to see a more powerful Luke Skywalker because we got to see that, you know, we got, he wasn't just the, the Bush kid, you know, who barely could swing a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a scene in, in, in the Thrawn trilogy where he's being surrounded by assassins and he closes his eyes and lets the lightsaber go and guides it around the room to defend himself. That was like and the first. White- that was the first time we saw like the the force throw of yeah. the lightsaber, wasn't it? Yeah, and, made and just takes out games. a whole room of assassins that way. And it's like, okay, this isn't just Luke swinging a stick. You know, mm-hmm. he he's he's learned some stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that. And another thing that is, and I and maybe they'll draw from this for things we'll find about what went wrong when he trained his he trained his Jedi. Yeah. You know, the Jedi Academy series covered all of the the perils of what it is to train a Jedi yep. and how many ways it could go horribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, th- and that's, what's going to be interesting is to find out, you know, um, I mean, cause we've seen a, you know, we've seen a little bit, uh, if, if you've read the shattered empire four part comic book series, um, Luke goes on a crazy daring mission, um, with, uh, actually with Poe Dameron's mom, um, mm. to recover, uh, the, these, uh, saplings that were cuttings from the the tree that was inside the Jedi Temple. Mm. Um, you know, so he he goes to this. Uh, the Emperor was had him in some kind of stasis 
I don't know if he was, I can't remember if they addressed what he was doing with them. It was like some sort of force experimentation or whatever. But he, and he ends up finding two. So he takes one. And I, mm. uh, you know, you never really, you don't know what he, where he goes and what's he, what he does with it. So that's amazing storytelling. The other one goes with Poe Dameron's mom, which she mm. plants outside of her house and Poe Dameron grows up underneath the, a Jedi tree. So, um, uh. that's, uh, you know, is he really just that good of a pilot or is he, uh, is, is he a little touched, um, by the force? Maybe. Not, not by, Possibly. not by one of those uncles that you don't talk to anymore. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh no, I think but taking it all back, I would I would definitely say like hands down Mara Jade I feel like is is kind of the biggest loss from the expanded universe, but uh I mean we've seen them bring in other characters. Uh like I said Thrawn uh and both both of these are Timothy Zahn characters. I think if anyone deserves to have his characters brought in, it's uh Timothy Zahn. I think the the guy's like the godfather of the expanded universe. Oh yeah. Absolutely. The the man the man has has lived there in his essence enough that he writes, you know, mm-hmm. genuinely from it. You mm-hmm. feel like it, you know, I have to wonder if it hadn't been heir to the empire that I read first, would I have been as hooked? Because it, it did the job, <laughs> you know, it, it just, he did that one so well yeah, I th- that I was in. For me, I think that it was just, there's there such a star Wars drought there was nothing else, so had any other books come first, mm-hmm. book series come first, I, 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 th- I think I would have just obsessively read it as much as I had because, I mean, that's that's what it was. I mean, there there wasn't a lot. I mean, there was Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Um, yeah, I think the Lando trilogy was out there somewhere at that point, and maybe the Han trilogy. Yeah, the Lando and the Han trilogy, maybe. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the. the Oh man, I mean, so so much of that stuff. Was, I'm I'm actually sitting here looking wistfully at my uh, <clears throat> at my expired expanded universe collection, mm. uh, which I've I've kind of resigned myself to boxing up and just storing away uh, and freeing up that shelf to begin recollecting or those shelves to begin recollecting expanded universe all over. Just see what it becomes. Yeah. Because I know there's new stuff coming out all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. uh, like two of the three Aftermath books. And if you haven't read the Aftermath books, uh, oh, man. I've, I mean, go to uh, check out the 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 Overdrive app. Um, okay. So many, so many libraries are a part of that where you can borrow uh, – uh, ebooks and audiobooks. Um, and that's, that's what I've done. Like I've, because I don't have a lot of time to read. So I read the physical books when I can. And then I'll, during my commutes, I, I, I listen to the audiobook, um, and just kind of catch each other up as, as I, as I shift between, uh, car and home. But, um, yeah, I'm just about finished with the second aftermath book. Uh, and that stuff's great. And I've actually heard my best. Uh, or at least what I think is the best, uh, who is Snoke theory, uh, oh. from, from the second aftermath book. So, okay. Um, but, uh, uh, only time will tell, of course. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so much good stuff. A catalyst, the, uh, the rogue, the rogue one novel, um, that's, that's set before, before the events of rogue one. And, and there's a whole bunch of characters there. Um, uh, what's Jen, uh, what's the last name? Is it Orso? Urso, 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 but like her, yeah. her mother. Like, did anyone else get the distinct impression that her mother was like a, a survived Jedi? 
Yes, or at least had some connection to. Because I mean, she dresses. Them. I mean, she was wearing those very unassuming robes. She she had mm-hmm. a kyber crystal. Um, yeah. You know, so why why else? But uh, uh, so I mean, her story I, I think would be would be fascinating. Fascinating. Um, there's uh, there's a, a trilogy of books that out. Uh, they've got one for Han, one for Leia, and one for Luke. Um, and like the Leia one is the one we just finished reading, Moving Target. I think the one for Luke, uh, it, it kind of covers the way, uh, Shadows of the Empire did about like Luke going on to like learn a little bit more, uh, about stuff, uh, mm-hmm. the Force and that kind of thing. So, um, so many, so many good new EU books out. Uh, Bloodlines, I'm getting ready to start reading that one. Um, takes place in the years before episode seven. Just all kinds of, all kinds of good stuff. Okay, I gotta get reading. Yeah, I gotta get reading. Gotta uh, get reading. Visit your local library, kids. There you go. There you go. It's always good to read. Mm. Always good to read. Well, I can't remember what episode it was, but way back in the uh, old episodes of I Remember It Better, we covered the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. I think that's Brian Kidd episode, wasn't it? I think it is a Brian yeah. Kidd episode, and we and we were we were sure to point out that it was a little rough. It was a little rough, but mm. still, it, it scratched the itch for us as kids that we were like, "Oh, Dungeons and Dragons, how cool is this?" You know. Um, After that well, episode, I went and tracked down the DVD. I mean, it, uh-huh. there's only like the one season. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I, I went and got myself that DVD so that I could, I could sit there and watch the whole thing. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, it's rough, but it's fun. Well, a group of guys, uh, got together and let me give the proper name for the people that did this. This is, uh, the Box of Danger comedy group did narration to an episode. And I think it's, I think it's the premiere episode, episode one. No, that's of, not episode um, one. That's not episode one. No, I don't think it is. Okay, I just remember it's it's the Merlin episode. Yeah. Um. And but they create narration to go with it as if it's a regular gaming session going on. God, calling this out was... the roles, calling out the, this sucks. Yeah, this is oh. awful. This, why would it be like this? Why is the crank to the? He has a castle in the sky. Why does he have a drawbridge? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like just all all the all the stuff you you've wanted to or have yelled at your DM, not remembering yeah. that he can get tired of your and summon Cthulhu in power armor. Yeah, uh, but um, <laughs> there's floating rocks. I look on top of the rocks. Okay, roll. Oh crap, five. I look on top of the rocks. <laughs> Twenty. Nothing on top of the to rocks. Natural oh, twenty. Natural twenty. Uh, or nat nat twenty. Uh, Matt twenty. Yeah, that that was. A lot of times we have these, uh, and and here we are, a classic. I remembered it better. A very visual gag, but yeah. Uh, um, the link will be in the show notes, so so definitely go check it out. It's worth the time because we'll put these videos in the in, in in the show notes, and I'll watch enough of it to be like, all right, I get the gist. I could talk about it. I I can crack a few jokes on this or whatever. But uh, like this thing, I watched the whole like ten fifteen minute video. Uh, because it was so funny. Uh, it was, you know, it was, it's, 
if if you like stuff like bad lip reading or whatever, because that's they, that's what they do too, is they sync it up yeah. with uh, with the action that's going on and that sort of thing too. So that the it's not them talking over the, it's them talking as the characters. Yeah. Um. So so much so much fun, like the them trying to trying to get one past the DM and. And, uh, you know, and the DM failing it, trying to like, I hit this big rock. Okay. Roll 30. Oh, damn, damn it. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, you it fall, rock but then, you know, and it's just like, they're like, oh man, enough with the stupid DM magic. Uh, yeah. you know, the, you just, didn't even roll. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, no, I didn't he see or hear it re-roll. Uh, so yeah, so it was just, and of course all this stuff is makes, makes no sense, <laughs> makes no sense unless like you read show notes before you, you watch, listen to episodes. But, uh, uh, definitely go go check this out. This was really really funny. I I was impressed with how clever this was. I also maybe want to watch Dungeons and Dragons cartoon and even the shitty movie with uh, Wayne. What's his name? Damon. Not Damon. Da- not Damon. Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans. Movie <laughs> was such crap. But uh, it's bad. But it's again, bad. like. Back then, you know, it's just like I was talking about. Like, there was a Star Wars drought. There, there. I mean, what did we have for like D and D media? Like, yeah, that? but I mean, just I mean, what Tom Hanks movie that taught everybody that Dungeons and Dragons was bad? Mazes and monsters. Mazes and monsters. Oh yes. Yeah. So he'll still occasionally talk about that in interviews. It's, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, it was it was a bad movie, but uh, you know, is is what we had. All right, the rock doesn't kill you. It seals up the cave and Tiamat inside. Thanks, jackass. Eh, you're expendable. So, what are you guys doing? Wait, isn't Tiamat a dragon god? She could kind of get out of this cave pretty easily. You see the old man again. Damn it, Joel, you have to roll! Enough of this DM bullshit. If you want to leave, you can. <sighs> well, if you are someone who uh, grew up in the 80s and 90s, there was one figure that late at night, when the lights were off and you were in your bed... Could possibly come creeping in. One, two, oh, Freddy's God. coming for you. Yes, Freddy Krueger. Um, and Robert Jeez. England is back in the chair one last time, but not in a way you would expect for the purposes of Freddy Krueger. Um, he had said he was done. He had said no more Freddy stuff. I'm not doing anything more. And if you remember in 2010, they did a new nightmare on Elm Street, a remake where Jakey Earl Haley <clears throat> played Freddy. And it just did not quite come off as well. Um, I missed that. I, I, I don't even remember that coming out. Uh, it was, I, I, I read reviews on it. Um, and everybody said that, you know, it lacked a lot of the fun of Freddy. Of old Freddy and went darker in one specific. Well, no, I mean how Freddy would like make jokes, you know, and be kind of dark humor. Um, And this was just grisly. um, Freddy's just uh, evil, killing, hack and and, slash. Yeah, and I think it even touched more on the whole thing of abusing children. Uh. Um, More of that, and that, yeah, a lot of people just did not enjoy. because Robert England is their Freddy. Yeah. And uh, he is doing a piece called uh, what's it Nightmares in the Makeup Chair. And it's basically he has as part of this documentary that's being done on um, physical on physical makeup and real, you know, practical makeup effects. Um, and it's him and the process he would go through when they would put the makeup on him. 
and uh and you get to see the uh the makeup artist put it on him and he talks about the experience and yeah so if you were you know still pining for robert england looking all scarred up this is a chance to have it done man yeah freddy freddy krueger was like the first horror film franchise i remember being introduced to and mm-hmm. i'm i'm fairly certain i was entirely too young uh for that for that stuff and i i seem to remember like i think my my dad or something just thought it was great and he oh we're just going to watch some nightmare on elm street or whatever like like that's just a thing you do like yeah. that doesn't pretty much welcome that into your house now um uh and so i remember like it would be on and i you know we'd all be in the family room watching but like I would come downstairs from my room with a stack of comic books and zero intent of watching this. And I would just kind of read my comic books and like maybe peek my head over the top and just be like, Oh shit. You know, and then, you know, I'm, I'm back, back in, in, in the comic books. But I was, yeah, this, this and like Jason never really bothered me. Like the Halloween stuff never really bothered Mike Myers, and I, but like this and Stephen King's it was pretty much like, mm. uh, okay, so we're just going to go ahead and have nightmares tonight. That's that's what we're going to do. Uh, and it wouldn't matter. Like, I could go ahead and get up, watch it at 9 in the morning on a Saturday, and, you know, sure enough, it would just, well, I'm just going to hang around here in your subconscious until it's time for you to go to sleep. And then uh, just as you're about to drift off, like, hey, remember this terrible thing? So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, even to this day, like, just having this up right now, I mean, he's, he still freaks me out, uh, just for an entirely different reason, because, I mean, now all I can think about is that guy giving me a prostate exam, but, um, what? Jesus, but, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know if I was too, too young. I think I was in middle school when I first saw this, mm. when I first saw Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, because, you know, it, it's the same old thing, you know, bunch of guys, we're all kind of daring each other to watch it, and when someone has a sleepover, and we all watch it, and all get freaked out, um, you know, and, and I could still vividly remember a lot of the scenes of it. I can remember the, mm-hmm. the opening sequence where he, you see him making the claw out of stuff in his garage and, uh, don't even see his face. You just see the claw being made. And then just all of the, oh gosh. I mean, the thing that really unsettled me about them is a lot of times, you know, in a horror film, you know, you have the whole thing at the end about, there's a hint that maybe the killer's still going or or it's or it's obvious the killer's still they haven't stopped to get like at the end of Halloween when they go to the window where he's fallen out and he's gone mm-hmm. you know the body's not there oh he's uh, yeah. you know at the end of Friday the 13th when he comes up out of the water and grabs somebody yeah um uh, but this is so blatantly nope it's not over yeah well that's <laughs> when the, the thing. mom gets dragged through the doorway <laughs> nope this is not over this, this is not over it's it's this stuff wasn't even fair, you know. Like there's, there's. I, I feel like Freddy Krueger was just such an overpowered. Uh, oh yeah, he was op broken. He was crazy I mean, broken. OP. Because like there's nothing. There's literally no way to like some guys. It's like oh man, is it, it, a water monster. Like stay out, stay away from the water. Fine, I'll just stay the f- away from water. No problem. Like Freddy Krueger is like oh don't fall asleep. Like that's not really an option, man. Like yeah, you know. So oh jeez. Yeah, because I mean you would sit around and. If it was, you know, if it was like the the Jason and Michael Myers, what would you do? Yeah. You know, you, you'd sit around, you'd theorize what you could do. Yeah. Well, may, maybe if you completely encased him in concrete. Yeah. You know, or something, something. like that. Like you could at least be okay. take measures 
to try yeah. and defend yourself. Like this was, you know, except wasn't there the, the, was there the, I seem to remember like a nightmare. I might be crossing this with something else where they, they were like the, the dream warriors or whatever. And they basically realized that being, um, cognizant of the fact that you were oh, dreaming. Oh yes. That's, that's episode three, the dream warriors. The dream, yeah. Okay. Um, so I mean, like, I, I do remember when I was a kid, like I, I had one of those, uh, uh, like waking dreams or whatever, where I was, I was aware, uh, within a dream. And it, it was a Freddy Krueger nightmare dream that I was having. Mm. And, uh, my, of, of course, being a giant nerd, like my weapon of choice to defend myself since I, I figured I, I could do this was, was lightsabers. So, uh, uh, didn't always work. Like you'd always like, oh, okay, now I have a lightsaber, but like it wouldn't always work or something like that. Like that was always kind of the bummer in, uh, in, in waking dreams. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to this day, even without the makeup on, like Robert England freaks me out. Um, so yeah, I can, I could see why people wouldn't accept imitations. I was, I, 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 Clicked on a link at the bottom that was talking about 20 horror movies coming out in 2017. And I was scrolling through here. Listen to how many of these are remakes or reboots. Or sequels. So we got Underworld, Blood Wars. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's, that's classified as a horror film? Well, I mean, if it's got monsters. Okay, maybe you're stretching the boundaries. Of yeah, okay. <coughs> um. Amityville The Awakening, which mm. apparently is already out, and I missed it, but oh well. Um, of course, Resident Evil is out now, the final chapter. Rings, sequel. Yep, yep. We're finally getting The Dark Tower, oh, February yeah. 17th. February 17th, apparently. I, I just read that first, uh, the, 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 the first part of that series uh, recently. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, King, uh, King Kong Skull Island, which actually looks, looks kind of solid from some of the things I've seen. So, um, oh, Ryan, uh, mm. they're having a scary doll movie. Oh, oh, fantastic. Good. Yeah. There you go. That's what there we need. Go. More, more yeah. scary dolls. Um, World War Z2. What? Alien. The, the, A- the zombies take Manhattan. I guess. I don't know. Uh, Alien Covenant. Okay. They're remaking Flatliners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're remaking it. We, of course, we talked about that. Have you seen the pictures of that clown? Yes. Oh, damn. Oh, nightmare fuel yeah, all over the place. Yeah. Um, we're getting another Friday the 13th movie. Okay. Another Saw movie. Okay. <laughs> another Wrong Turn movie. Okay. Wrong Turn 7, by the way. Jeez. 7. 7. <laughs> how many how many inbred hillbilly West Virginians have did, are they making this movie up? I mean, probably, that's the whole premise. Pro- it's inbred West Virginia. Probably as many as you got. I don't know. Oh, um, a, a remake of Suspiria. Uh, I said so. Uh, a a uh, Hellraiser Judgment. Hmm. Uh, Jeepers Creepers three. Chucky seven. Christ. Oh man, it doesn't stop. Children of the Corn. All kind and a new Halloween. Wow! It's like all like oh uh, let's that's let's all go 2017. To the well. That's all 2017. Dang! How many times will we go to the well? How many times will we go to the well? Going back to Robert England, I don't know if you you'd ever seen this. I remember having this movie. Um, 
uh, or, or, or I guess my mom had, cause my mom was a big fan of Phantom of the Opera. And there was that uh-huh. movie that he, that, that movie version of Phantom of the Opera that he did where he played the Phantom. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, it was this kind of, kind of twist. Uh, she has, um, uh, what's, what's the girl's name? Christine, Christine Day or Die, uh, as, as kind of like, uh, almost a flashback type episode. Um, and, uh, Robert England plays, you know, the, the Phantom back in, like, the Paris Opera House or whatever. And it's a, it's a dark, I mean, it's a dark Phantom of the Opera. Like, it's, it's not your, your Broadway musical stage show, which is, is still got some darkness to it, but this was, like, borderline horror film dark. Mm. Um, came out like 89 or something. But no, I remember he was in it and, and just him being in it was enough to, Scare the hell right out. All it took. All it took. I was I was nine when that came out. But word when it was over, I said, yo, that was death. And everything seemed alright when we left. But when I got home and laid down to sleep, that began the nightmare on my street. Another of the uh, video game pioneering greats, uh the father of Pac-Man, Masayana Nakamura, has passed away. Hmm. Now, I know that who he's supposed to be was portrayed in Pixels. I don't know if it was actually the man, because I know that they did a whole shtick with, oh, Ugh. that's my baby, or that's my son, or whatever. <clears throat> uh, but I don't think that was actually... I keep forgetting Pixels was a thing. Well, I do my best to forget <laughs> that, too. So. Uh but I don't know. Uh, I mean, yes. he, cause what was he? He was like 90, 91 years old or something. 91. Right? 91. Huh. Founded Namco, part of the Bandai Namco in 1955. Uh, just had two mechanical horse rides on a department store rooftop, but went on to pioneer game arcades and amusement parks. I love stories like that. Like, I mean, yeah. somebody, it was a company that just started with two coin operated, like, mm-hmm. oh man. And, and now all the way to this. And what a simple game. What a simple game Pac-Man yeah, was. Simple concept. Didn't even, you know, didn't even need a fire button. No, Just I mean, it, one you did, did you? Yeah, it's a joystick. One joystick. So one player, the two player button and the joystick. <coughs> yep. And it was, oh, Go around, a so, source of dots. so much frustration. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I remember that like, you know, nowadays, of course, you'd watch a YouTube video. Sure. But like the people who figured out the pattern mm. that you would follow, yeah, to be able to clear the pat to clear you know the screen, and like you could buy a book that would teach you the pattern, yeah, and then you just try to follow it over and over, and the game would get progressively faster, progressively faster, progressively faster, and who ne- never had the uh, never had the patience or the uh, I guess the mental acumen to be able to uh, hmm. memorize a pattern like that. Yeah. I did remember that there was a place you could hide one of the little T's at the bottom. Hmm. And I can't remember if it was on the left side of it or the right side. If you were just up in like the armpit of the T right. pointing <laughs> right. up, pointing up, <clears throat> none of the ghosts would get you. Hmm. They would just come right almost to get you, but they would always walk away. Um, and I would just kind of hide there for long periods of time, but like it kind of came to light. And then a lot of these people who were going for records and such, 
you know, would go and park Pac-Man there, run to the bathroom, and then come back. Oh, wow. He was okay. safe there. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, but Masasaya, thank you very much for all you have contributed to our childhood and to the video game industry. And the movie Pixels. And, well. <laughs> okay. We can't, we can't praise everything he did. <laughs> All right. Well, if you are like a lot of folks in this country right now, you may have spent some time uh, listening to the Hamilton soundtrack, or maybe you're lucky enough to have gotten to go and see a performance of Hamilton. Uh, Davy Diggs, who uh, plays the part of Lafayette, as well as Thomas Jefferson in that, in that musical uh, with his very quick rapping ability, or maybe you have seen him as, uh, as, um, as it rainbows brother, on Blackish, he also was on that show. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got to do Rubber Ducky for Sesame Street. Uh, you wouldn't think Rubber Ducky needed an update, classic <laughs> Sesame Street song, but he bring it's got a little touch of Hamilton on it. Yeah, he breaks it down. Hip. He breaks it down. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it had, it had a cool breakdown in it. It was fun. Um, as yeah, I mean, something like you said, something that simple you wouldn't you wouldn't think like okay, well, we need to update this, but. Uh, um, I'm glad that it happens because at first you're like, okay, he looks so uncomfortable and so stiff right now doing this. Yeah. It's like, it's almost intentional. He's intentionally looking like rubber ducky. You're the one. And it's like, really? Oh, come on, man. You're cooler than this. He seems to agree with you, but uh, yeah. yeah. And then uh, he breaks it down. And, and stuff like this is always why, you know, what we could point to and say that Sesame Street isn't just for the kids. Like anybody yeah. could, anybody could have sung Rubber Ducky just then uh, and had the same entertainment value for a three and four year old. But uh, for those of us that are stuck in the room while Sesame Street is playing, so, you know, Children's Television Workshop was always good about throwing in this kind of stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for uh, a way to update uh, your idea of what Rubber Ducky sounds like. Give it a listen. I got my rubber ducky. I'm in the tub with bubblies. He isn't very fuzzy. I know my ducky loves me. Call up my homie Ernie, the orange one. You heard me. Yeah, he is the best, and I am on a quest to get him in here early. Well, Netflix has been killing it with all of their shows and uh, people watching more and more of their original programming and not just the movies they are streaming. <clears throat> uh, we have news of a series coming to Netflix, a documentary series, The Toys That Made Us, that sounds like it's made for this show. Mm. Uh, it will include pieces on the classic toys of our childhood. Transformers, Star Wars figures, G.I. Joe, Barbie, He-Man, Star Trek, Hello Kitty, Lego. The list goes on and on, and they will focus on the stories behind those toys coming to being. That looks. I'll. I'll definitely check this out. Um, because that's. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's interesting to us now, or interesting to me now. Um, you know, not not just uh, this is what this is, and this is what it's about, but you know, where it came from, the ideas behind it. You know, stuff we probably didn't know, the things that almost didn't come to be, or the things that we almost had instead. Um, you know, how this was actually a response to this over here, and uh, just fun fun little factoids. Well, one thing that does kind of occur to me as I look at this list, and some people in the comments made this remark, mm -hmm. why do you think it is that 
aside of the fact that, you know, we just think it's cooler. Why do you think that the Star Wars toy market was so full and so popular? I cannot remember a Star Trek toy for nothing. Aside of a little phaser that I had that yeah. shot little discs. You know what? I had um I had a Captain Kirk and a a Mr. Spock action figure that stood probably about uh, I don't know, uh, six to nine inches tall. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm obviously they were out there, I guess. Uh, but you, but you can recall two. I can recall one sure. that I had. Yeah. And I had countless Star Wars toys. I think it comes down to at that because I mean at that time you were either uh, a Star Wars geek or a Trekkie geek. Um, mm. you know, and and. Until recently, like, the two never met. Like, it was, it was almost encouraged that uh, Star Wars versus Star Trek rivalries went on. And uh, But we had so many other toys that, you know, that we didn't play that game with. You had G.I. Joe and then say, well, I got G.I. Joe, I can't have He-Man. Well, no, but that, I don't feel like because those were those were dipping into the same world. I think okay. uh, you might have had Transformers or GoBots, but I doubt you had both. Um well, that's probably because you either bought good toys or shitty toys. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had GoBots. You did. Uh, uh, I, I had. I had a little bit of both. Yeah. I had. But uh, uh, what, what was? Oh, what was the? Uh, what was the? What was the uh, good guy's leader? He was an F sixteen, like Alpha Flight. Uh, not Alpha Flight. Alpha something. I remember the 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 villain's leader was Psy Kill. Yeah, I remember Psy Kill. Yeah. Um, and I had the little GoBot mobile base mm. um but uh yeah i mean it's probably i mean you know if, if you're gonna get your your sci-fi action figure you know you have a choice you know grandma takes you to toys r us and you get to pick out a sci-fi action toy and you're a star wars kid you know sc- screw the space elf or whatever that guy is yeah. you know get uh do I want do I want Mr. Spock with his uh science tricorder or do I want Luke with his, his lightsaber? lightsaber? Seriously, man. Like, yeah. Um, I can see that. And I, I think I think Star Wars probably just appealed more to kids and toys were were sold more to kids. I think Star Trek uh, appealed to us maybe when we were older and we're like, "Yeah, exploring space could be very cool." Uh, I mean, but yeah, what do you want to fly? You want to fly the Enterprise or you want to fly the Millennium Falcon? Like, come on. Mm. You, you want to fly the Millennium Falcon. Um, well, because you actually get to fly it as opposed to, you know, well, yeah, a, yeah. a captain running it. Yeah. Yeah. You got you, capital ship versus, you know, freight. Okay, what do you want? You Regular. want Star Destroyer or you want uh, the uh, the Enterprise? Who? There's a good question. I think, Star, I think Star Destroyer takes down Enterprise all day long. Does it? I think so. Uh, I think so. Hmm. I think it's just. I think it's just. Uh, I think it's a matter of volume. I think a star destroyer is going to put out more turbo laser fire against photons. I wonder though about tactically, because whereas you know, we know of in Star Trek doing in battle warp jumps and things like that that. Yeah. We never saw in uh Star Wars. Though we did see the jump out of hyperspace pile up at the end of Rogue One that was mm-hmm. pretty impressive. So 
Yeah. I mean, okay. also, I think with the Star Destroyer comes, you know, squadrons All of the TIE, TIE fighters. fighters. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's so true. A couple strafing runs on, on the Enterprise. Uh, I, 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 still I don't care remember, how many Riker maneuvers you've got in your pocket, man. That's not going to save you. I still remember. I have no idea if it's where it would be out there. I remember in the early, early days of the Internet on a bulletin board somewhere for fan fiction. Not slash fan fiction, just fan fiction. Oh, okay. Somebody had written a Star Trek Battlestar Galactica crossover. Huh. Like the universe is met. Okay. And there's this big battle that's going on and ensuing. And in the middle of the battle, somebody notices, wait a minute. They don't use shield technology. They use armor technology. So they take all the photon torpedoes to the teleporter room and just start teleporting photon torpedoes inside <laughs> of the other ships. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Works well. Works well. I also thought it was interesting that on one of these comments, there's that nerd. Do you want to watch this? Will you be oh. tuning in? Probably not. I don't want to be saying, I already I knew, knew that, that for an hour. What a dick comment. <laughs> <sighs> You're that guy. This is funny. Just as I'm scrolling down here, I see someone, uh, Star Trek. Nobody wanted Star Trek toys. Like, I, I didn't see that until just yeah. now. We just, you know, finished talking about it. But, uh, oh, someone man. else says this show loses its complete credibility if the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys are not covered. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. The one thing I remember, though, about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys is they had that one thing where it came with the slime. They had one thing where the ooze came with it. Yeah. And you had this slime you could drop. And I was like, why do I want to get slime in the crevices of my toys that I can't get out? Well, but Ghostbusters came with that stuff. Uh, I know, man. How many parents hated There was hated Ghostbusters stuff. Uh, had their slime. I, I remember He-Man did a run of slime. Like, there was just a oh, while God. there where, like, slime was just – it was just slime. Yeah, man. Um, and it was in everything. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, when I was a kid, I thought it was great. But now I'm just like, no, that's – I don't even want to get the Play-Doh out slime yeah so. oh gosh play it yeah oh no play it worse is glitter oh my gosh every day when i when i pick up my son from daycare and i'm like oh great another glitter project well they do so, like regular uh field trips to the to the strip club or something like no no they just have like little art projects where they put glitter around the edges and the glue and i'm like thank you for bringing so the herpes of crafts into my so house once telling again. You, yeah. yeah yeah oh man from Kenner's Star Wars collection, each sold separately. Large-sized Darth Vader with his lightsaber. Princess Leia, champion of the rebel cause. With her defender, Luke Skywalker. He can swing him into action on his grappling hook. And load Chewbacca's laser crossbow. Star Wars large-sized action figures. Up to 15 inches tall. And ready for action. Large-sized Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, each sold separately from Kenner. Well, it's coming back to cinemas for its 25th anniversary. Uh, some special showings of Wayne's World. I don't really know that this is, you know, a must-see on the big screen. I guess oh, if you had your man. buddies that loved it and you wanted to sing along and be goofy. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I loved Wayne's World. Okay. One. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, this is... Yeah, watching this on closed caption is is how I got all the lyrics down to uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then you know, having been from Chicago, 
uh, originally and as a kid, but still that, you know, still have that connection and all this taking place in Aurora, Illinois. Um, uh, and then just, yeah, it just had some, some good music too, but, uh, um, I, I, I could do this. I think it'd be fun to see Mike Myers do something good. Again. I think it's interesting that, much like they did with the Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like Chicago again. Anytime a movie takes place in their town, they just embrace it. Yeah. They're doing a party on 25 years of this mm-hmm. on July 3rd and 4th. A dozen events, including lookalike contests, air guitar competition, movie screenings, and a donut tasting. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. It had, uh, what's his name? Bun- Al Bundy uh, ran the donut oh, yeah. shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim Ho- wasn't, it, wasn't it a Tim Hortons or something like that? No, maybe not Tim Hortons. It was no, it was some it was some other hockey star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, I'm gonna look this up real quick. I remember once seeing that an interview with uh, um, Ed O'Neill about that character he was playing in that movie. There was supposed to be this great payoff of a joke that they're building to through that whole thing through all those weird things he's saying, and they cut the payoff punchline out of the film. So instead, he's just this rambling character through the whole. Who's that now? Ed O'Neill, the character that oh yeah, Al, Al Bundy. That there was a payoff that was supposed to come, and it just never comes. It, they edited it out. Oh. So, uh-huh. Stan Mikta's Donuts. Stan Mikta, Fic- okay. Fictional donut shop named after the famous uh, Chicago Blackhawks hockey player. Okay. Uh, the scenes were shot at a Tim Hortons, which is okay. a real donut shop, famous Canadian hockey player. But we had to make it about Chicago hockey player. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. I do think it's kind of a little sad irony that to the right, I don't know if you have this on your webpage, but on my webpage, to the right of the article, from around the web, at the top, the real reason why Hollywood stopped casting Mike Myers. Yeah, I've, I've seen this, this article <laughs> pop up in a bunch of things that I've, that I've been reading, and I, I won't. I just won't. Yeah. But um, this is interesting. A lot of interesting trivia on uh, IMDb for this movie, too. So highly recommend checking that. That's become my new thing now when I watch movies that I've either seen before uh, or I get kind of bored during is uh, I pull up the IMDb. I start watching, reading trivia and stuff about it. So uh, um, oh, what's her name? T- what was her name? Tia. Tia Carrere. Uh, Carrere, yeah. Uh, That's back when she was like in everything. Yeah. She sang everywhere. all her own vocals on yeah. songs. Hmm. I can believe that. I remember, yeah, Ball, Ballroom Blitz is still. I'll hear that song. Come on, I'll, that'll get me kind of, kind of jacked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Alice Cooper. Uh, like I, I, because you know, I, I deal so much in shipping, and and you know, we do bring Milwaukee is an international airport. Some you know, someone will bring up like, hey, I got to quote this import shipment uh, coming in through Milwaukee. I was like. Or Milwaukee, as the Algonquin would say it, <laughs> which means this good land. This and good inevitably, land. someone else in the office will be like, "Does this guy know how to party or what?" And then all the <laughs> like, the like, there's 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 two girls that work for me that are that are young enough to not know what we're talking about, and they just get this like, "Who are these assholes? Like that guy's my boss, so I'll politely laugh at him. But what is everybody else doing? Mm. Uh, look, look on their face, and we're like, it's it's from Wayne's World. They're like, what what is that? I'm like, and you're oh, like, get out, get out, get out, just get, out. get back. You're to fired. Work. Get back. You're to work. fired. You better make budget. I swear to God, you better make budget this quarter. Uh, so yeah, that's that's happening a lot more to me actually. These uh these damn kids. But um, 
yeah, some really fun. Uh, Wayne's World 2, not such a great film. I will not argue that point. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it was, uh, So I Married an Actor, though. Great Mike Myers film. Oh, Harriet. Harriet. Hard-hearted harbinger of haggis. Yeah. His head's got its own weather system. (laughs) He'd move now. Probably one of the more successful Saturday Night Live movies, too. Yeah, I, I, there hasn't been a lot of them that do well. Blues Brothers is still out there as one of the greats. Was that off a, was World. that a skit though? Oh yeah, yep. Oh, okay, I, I I don't remember yep. the Blues Brothers skit. They would just say, mainly they just sang they just sang mostly, but it was yeah. Um, let's see. All right, yeah, that, I mean definitely that was successful. Uh, Ladies Man, McGruber. I don't care if you're getting a sequel or not. That movie wasn't was not con- a success as far as I'm concerned. Okay, hold on. I- I'm going to look it up. Sick. SNL movies. Okay. A definitive ranking of every SNL movie from worst to best. Here uh, we go. Of course, there's a definitive. We've ranking. stumbled into this. We've stumbled into this. Uh, from IFC.com. They're going to count down from eleven, from worst to best. Okay. Number eleven. Night at the Roxbury. As the worst, that uh, on that, this that, list at that least, ne- yeah, that needs to be that needs to be pretty low on the list, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Blues Brothers two thousand. Oh God, what a steaming pile that was! Yeah, yeah, that did not go as well as one would have hoped. Mm-mm. It had moments. Mm-hmm. It had moments. Um, it's Pat. Oh, shit. I forgot about Pat. Yeah, I know. I totally forgot that they made a movie. Oh no, that was awful. Yeah, kind of insensitive. They too. says the, the the description says probably the most polarizing movie in the SNL canon. You either love it or you hate it. It makes <laughs> you want to kill somebody. Oh god! It has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn! Wow. All righty. Uh, number eight, the ladies' man. Yep. Number seven, Stewart saves his family. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that one too. I remember the week after that came out and it had tanked mm-hmm. that they did a Stuart bit on SNL where he was just trying to cope with the fact that his movie had done so horribly. <laughs> and it was really uncomfortable because you can see that Al Franken is like genuinely hurt by how bad this thing is going. But he's putting on like the clown face just to get through it. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, Superstar number six. Mm. Wayne's World 2 at number 5. Okay. Number 4, Coneheads. Hmm. Number 3, McGruber. What? All right. Number 2, Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. And number 1 is Wayne's World. I, You know what? I'm pretty comfortable with that list except for putting McGruber ahead of Coneheads. Okay. I think Coneheads is by far... Like a, a funnier movie than McGruber. In fairness, I have not seen McGruber. I just haven't felt like it's something I needed to see. And that's yeah. I mean, I th- that I think that tells you everything you need. Trust your gut, there, man. Yeah. But uh, I yeah, McGruber needs to be a little bit lower on that list. Uh, ladies, man, yeah, it was a it was a really funny sketch that did not make for a, a very good movie. 
Well, the, and that's the case with a lot of these. Yeah. You know, can you flush it out enough to make it? I just, you know, I don't, carry a film. I can't really understand the reasoning of someone that would be that would hear like, yeah, this ladies' man skit or this Stewart skit. Like, we want to, we want basically make this into a feature film. Like, no, no, we love you enough to tell you that's a bad idea. <laughs> you know, like ninety percent of the contestants on American Idol should have for them somebody that loves them enough to tell them no. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely, definitely would put MacGruber ahead of Coneheads. I'd be interested in a ranking of these movies by, uh, by box office revenue. Well, it didn't really say what they, uh, based it all on. But, yeah. There you have it. Yeah. Little bonus thing for you kids. Open up the mailbag to find the ways you are interacting with us. And we've gotten a few uh, hits on the Facebook page. Uh, Richard Kearney, I thought you guys had pod faded. Your last episode was a while back. Glad to see you're still around. And we said, hey, we'll explain what happened at the start of the show, which we did. And uh, Aaron Ziegler, awesome. I'd almost given up on you guys. So we're glad you did not give up on us. We are mm, glad yeah. to be back uh, and glad to be uh, be back uh, as part of your listening through the week. Uh, also got a visitor post from uh, Ty Prunty. Uh, so glad you guys are back. Cliff, did you pick up any of the Wave 10 ships from X-Wing? He got the quad jumper. Um, I, I have not got the newest ones. I think it's awesome that the quad jumper which basically sat on the ground and got blown up. We never saw it fly. Is a flying ship in X-Wing miniatures. So which that's... one which one was the quad jumper? When they're running across the desert just before they get into the Falcon oh, in okay. Force Awakens, we'll get out of here with that quad jumper. Boom. Oh, oh so and that's the one that the garbage will do, yeah. you know, so, garbage yes. garbage will do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. yeah. So it's cool that that is a battling ship <laughs> even though we never saw it fly in the movies. Uh, so uh, what have you got on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, um, at the Kamana, uh, going by Mr. E, uh, he gives us a woot. Uh, missed you guys. It's like rolling with the buddies again. Aww. Uh, yes, we, we got the band back together. So Yes, yes. Uh, good stuff. Glad to, glad to have everyone, or most everyone, back. And thanks for hanging in there and huh. being patient with us. We'll, 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 and we'll stick, it to, we'll stick together moving forward. And with that, it's time to go back to present day. We hope we haven't permanently destroyed your childhood. If you'd like to suggest something for us to look back on, you can email us at IRememberedItBetter at gmail.com. You can follow the show at IRIBetter. Follow me at RevanGeek. Ryan are all good 98 If you missed any of that, you can find the info on this program by going to We Have a New Webpage. We got squatted. Um, the old webpage, I did not realize it, but my credit card had run out. And it fell, off, it fell off while we were having our downtime. So our new site is www.iribetterpodcast.com. So iribetterpodcast.com is where you find us. Facebook page is facebook.com slash iribetter. Our voiceovers are provided by Amy Breedlove. You can follow her on Twitter at voicework. And through her website, www.amiebreedlove.com. We're part of the Signals Media All-Star Network podcast family at SignalsMedia.com. Please rate us on iTunes. Get us back up the charts there. More importantly, tell your friends all about us. Join us soon for episode 140. We'll see you in the future. 
in the past. Oh man, uh, yeah, I, I really, oh, that's hot. Um, so. <laughs> got a cold? Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Yeah, uh, it's it's that it's that time. Uh, visit your local library, kids. It's always good to read. Always good to read. Unless it's like erotic fiction. Then it's great to read. Uh, Oh my. We haven't done an outtakes reel in a while. No, we we? haven't. No, we haven't. Thank you for contributing. You're welcome. So, so yeah, it was, it was a bad movie, but, uh, you know, is, is what we had. It's like watching scrambled porn. Sometimes you just gotta get by. <laughs> it looks like a nipple. Oh, no, no, could no, be a toe. Just, it could be a toe. It could be a toe. I'm not sure. I don't know. Not sure. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to signalsmedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really? It takes a steady hand because if you touch the side, you sank my battleship. Play with me.